It is the summer edition of Breakfast with Julian King, Jaleesa Rapps, 0457 736 736. Let's talk a bit of cricket on the program. The Perth Scorchers, I do make the case that they're arguably the best domestic team in any sport in Australia over the past 10 years. Uh, Big, Big, Big Bash champions once again, knocking off the heat by five wickets in a highly entertaining affair in front of almost 54,000 Perth Scorchers faithful at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. And, of course, we turn our attention now to the first test. The cricket never stops, J.A. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The first Great test thing. commencing Thursday in Nagpoi here. All the action live right here on SEN. Harsha Bogley, Adam Collins, Bharat Sundarason, Pete Lawler, Ravi Shastri is going to be along. It is the A-team. What a lineup. It is a lineup, And you know what? We're going to add to that lineup right now. Their great friend Lachlan McCurdy from Code Sports is on line. Morning, Lockie. Good morning, both of you. Uh, can you tell everyone who Cooper Connolly is, please? Oh, wasn't that just fantastic to watch? I mean, I think if you ask most people, they thought when uh, Ashton Turner departed and then they, oh, you just thought the Scorchers had blown it in front of this big crowd. You thought the Heat have come over there and put together this amazing innings that no one expected of them. And then all of a sudden this young teenager comes out of nowhere and produces some fearless batting is the way that I describe it, that he just went, you know what, I'm going to do this. And he's a kid that we, we've seen a fair bit of um, in terms of under-19s for Australia and things like that. So he's someone that's always been earmarked as success. But as, as is often the case with these young kids, it's not necessarily in the shorter format that most people are excited by. It's one-day cricket, it's test cricket and, and Sheffield Shield cricket and things like that. But he's absolutely made his mark in limited opportunities for the Scorchers. I mean, he uh, it's been a big summer for him. He was a subfielder during the test over in Perth at the start of the season, and now he's finishing off his season by scoring the winning runs there in front of 53,000 people. It's a pretty cool story. Lucky, was that one of the best um, Big Bash finals that you've ever seen? I, th- I mean, I definitely didn't think that uh, Brisbane were going to be so good with the bat in particular. I, I think so, and, and that's what makes... I think really caps off a good tournament because obviously we've seen over the years the, the Big Bash flounder in terms of popularity and things like that. But often the final series gets really good and really close. And over the last couple of years, we've seen some really good finals. You think of uh, the uh, Adelaide Strikers Sydney Sixers game last year at the SCG that was a, a nail-biter. But this year's just went to an absolute other level, which was fantastic to see. And Your yeah, dog liked just, it. I know. She clearly did, didn't she? Hey, uh, hey, what but, what dog have you got there, Lachlan? I think I've asked you this question before. Yeah, I'm mean, in the inner west, so it's uh, a cavoodle, like most of the others here. Okay, okay. It's, uh, yeah, she, uh, so, she loves making herself known, and I'm just going to go quiet and her down a little bit. She uh, To make sure she doesn't bite your hand like uh, one of Nelson's four dogs did. So, you know, Nelson <laughs> has a Siberian Husky, a Staffy, Bull Terry, and two Dash Hounds. Uh, out of those, what do you reckon bit Nelson? Uh, the dash out. You reckon? Are they aggressive, are they? <laughs> oh, I'm sure if you pat them in the wrong spot, they would be. <laughs> <laughs> like most dogs. But it's you're absolutely right with your assessment of the Big Bash this year. Average crowds, 16-odd thousand. So it's climbing after the lean COVID years. We hit the million uh, fan mark for attendance. But and this is a great thing about this tournament. Clearly, it's benefited from the big names been available in that January window, like your Warners and your Smiths and your Kawajas. But on the flip side, it unearths talent and players that we otherwise wouldn't have been aware of, like your Cooper Connellys or your Josh Browns or your Spencer Johnsons. And that's a great thing about this type of cricket. And we saw it in the IPL. You know, nobody knew who Washington Sundar was. 
and the next thing you know, he's elevated the test team and, he, and he's working wonders uh, for India. So that, for me, it, it's equally exciting to see the big names as it is these people that we hadn't heard of take the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that can't be forgotten that, uh, I mean, chatting to some people at Cricket Australia and who uh, and the Big Bash that they really see that as one of the most important facets of this competition, that you've got chances for these young guys who maybe don't get the opportunity at state level in terms of one-day cricket or Sheffield Shield cricket because the places are limited there. But then you get to come to the Big Bash where there's a squad of generally 18 or so and you've honestly got a chance to prove yourself. I mean, again, last year, Hayden Kerr was the name that stood out in terms of someone not many people had heard of and he became this class all-rounder that this year we just expected good things from. So... Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And some of those names you mentioned, obviously, you can throw in someone like Paddy Dooley into the mix as well, someone who's yeah. kind of had a great grade cricket career and then has absolutely brought it to the um, the big bash level. Uh, you obviously had Henry Thornton to start the season, who was absolutely fantastic. So there's some really good stories that always come out of the big bash and it's important they're not lost. Lucky, just in the big bash, on the big bash in general, just the rise that we've seen of the competition this year, it's probably still not back to where it was. But I mean, Cricket Australia, they were desperate to get the rights deal done um, a few months ago. And you would think that maybe they were a bit worried about how this big bash would go. Do you think if they did it today, that it'd be worth a bit more? <laughs> Potentially. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do over the next couple of seasons. And the, the next one is going to be the biggest challenge because obviously there's going to be the tests are going to be later in the year. So it's going to be pushed around a little bit that it means a lot of the Aussie stars won't be available. And whether that is the catalyst for them going, okay, let, let's move it to uh, the 10 game season a year earlier. That might be something that they think about, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see just how much they can build on this momentum. What about the first test? Uh, Josh Hazelwood now ruled out with an Achilles problem and uh, it's dreadfully disappointing for Josh who's had his own concerns with that side strain through the summer and he just sort of can't seem to string a number of these tests uh, back to back. But that brings Scott Boland firmly in the fold. Um, what's your gut feeling in terms of uh, how the bowlers are going to line up? It, it feels like that from some of the chat that it's going to be two quicks, two spinners and hope that Cameron Green, Green's ready. But... If not, I think they, for me, that they just need to have a strong enough batting lineup over there that they want to be able to score enough runs. Because as a few of them have said, Steve Smith, Manus, Labuschagne, that they know that the way to, to win in India is to score a bulk amount of runs early. So ideally, you only have to once, that if you have to bat twice, you're only chasing a small total. So for me, I interpret that as going. That's Alex Carey at seven, not six. And that means that if Cameron Green's not fit, that you have to play a Renshaw or a Peter Hanscom, depending on what you want to do with the balance of the side. And in terms of the bowlers, I just feel that they're going to give Agar the first crack over there because of the, the way they have been talking about left arm spin. They just like it in those conditions. And obviously you go Agar, you throw in Lyon, and that means, and Cummins has got one of those spots. So, if you pick him one more quick out of probably Boland and uh, the wild thing, Lance Morris, it's less, you're picking Boland. Mm-hmm. You and I were on Cricket Unfiltered a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, so I know your answer to this one, but are you sticking to what? what's your prediction? Tell me tell me what's your prediction for the series. Yeah, I still like the 2-2. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic series in terms of how close it is. I think 
what we see over there is that most of the time that you'll get a result, we're not going to see a, a big road or anything like we saw in Pakistan in Royal Pindi or anything like that. So I think we're going to get a lot of results and I think it's going to be pretty even one for one um, that it's going to go into the last test with uh, uh, India up to one and Australia are going to pull out a, a famous victory in the last test. It's going to be a thrilling contest. We're very much looking forward to that. It gets underway Thursday in Nagpur. Thank you, Lachlan. Always good to chat, and we'll catch all your work on Code Sport. Anytime, guys. Lachlan McCurry. Vossie and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.